Welcome to the Second Mile Church Podcast, where we believe deeper friendships, a bigger God, and fuller lives in Christ are found in the Second Mile. Welcome to Mew Crew, all right? Boy, that's a bunch of them. Uh, we actually made this happen. Check this out. Somehow, some way, God is good. Uh, we just a good photographer, I guess. See Michelle and Robert up there if you need family photos. Uh, they, they, know, they have a good connection, but um, y'all, this is not normal life, okay? <laughs> I don't know what happened, but uh, it's a lot due to the woman right here that you see, Carrie. Uh, y'all don't get to see her often, but uh, she's either, yeah. She's actually even in, in kids uh, today, but I snuck her out. Kids are okay. We took care of them, but wanted to start this series off with a look at our family. Next week is a, I'll just remind me to tell you what next week's all about. But as we start this series off about family, I just wanted you to see our somewhat normal family. I hope we're normal. Um, So let's talk about it. Let's talk about uh, which one's your favorite. Go ahead, Carrie. Whoever sleeps the longest is my favorite. All right. Um, So we've got Kendall Jane. She's, how old are you? Ten. Ten. Avery. Eight, almost nine. Birthday at the 29th of this month. And Ezra Jack. How old are you? Five. Five, all right. And then how old are you, sir? Maddox, Henry? Maddox. What, Three. What's your name again? Three. Three? What's your name? Maddox. Maddox, okay. All right. Now, uh, Carrie, real quickly, uh, let's, let's talk about lookalikes. Yes. Earlier this week, we invited the church to put lookalikes in their, on, a, on a Facebook post, and uh, it, the whole post was centered around my picture and who? Avery. Avery. Now, she hates this idea that she looks like her dad. <laughs> but I, I want to say time out and say, you're much prettier than your dad. <laughs> All right? <laughs> All right. Um, who does Kendall Jane look like? I don't know. People say me, but I don't see it as much. All right. Um, and I don't, hey, I don't really know who Ezra looks like. He's got my hair. What? Yeah. No way. But I don't know. Facial features, I'm not sure. He looks a little bit like your dad. I think he kind of had the same baby face as Avery. I would say his Facial expression looked like me. Hey, hands out of your pants, bud. <laughs> We're going to get to who they act like in just a minute. Um, let's go ahead and talk about that then. Since we're there, um, Maddox, where do you get some of your behavior from? Uh, let's, let's talk about personalities real quick. Carrie? These two on the end are Adam. These two are me. Completely split. <laughs> yeah. No questions about it. 
He's hanging on to his mama, you know, not big on upfront things. That's Carrie. She likes to be prepared uh, and, and can do it, does a great job at it when she does, but kind of a behind the scenes, in the background. Um, Avery, how does she look, act like you she's, other times? She's, she she kind of has an attitude like her mama. All right. <laughs> Now, why do you say Kendall Jane acts like her dad? They both don't mind being center of attention. Kendall Jane's a perfectionist competitor. She wants to win. If she plays, she wants to win. But Maddox is not a competitor, right? Um, I haven't. Except when, determined. We're, except when we're in the, the, blue, the blue Thunderbolt van. Yes. Okay, the not, 2007 Honda Odyssey rocket ship. Beat him, beat him. Okay. And <laughs> what is he saying? He'll tell you, race him, beat him, beat him. Don't let that car he pass you. He sees you driving by in the window, and he's like, beat him, beat him, Dad. Okay. You like to race people in the blue, the blue van? Huh? Who's the best driver? Who's the best driver, Mom or Dad? Who's the fastest driver? You're not going to talk to me now? All right, let go. Daddy is. Daddy is? Hey, Ezra, real quick. What's your favorite sport, buddy? Probably playing baseball. Baseball? I like the jersey. Any New York Yankees fans? Yeah, we're not either necessarily, but somebody handed that shirt down to him, and we thought it looked cool, so... Um, New York Bombers, buddy. Now, now, are you a Braves fan, though? Yeah, okay. All right. All right. Um, let's, let's talk one more time, and I'll, I'll get you guys back in kids. Uh, let's talk about food. Do any of these have food traits that me and you have? Um, Kendall Jane eats pretty much exactly like you. Come on, man. Um, and they're all picky. You're picky, and they're all picky. Picky they're is not pick- the word I use. You are picky. Picky. You are picky. You pick everything off of everything. <laughs> we'll take care of this at home. <laughs> oh, that was on, right? No. He will say he's not picky, he's plain. No, I, I, I eat or simple. 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 Okay, I don't need vegetables. Vegetables. <laughs> like cook the roast beef with the onions in it with the flavor, but I don't need the onions in it when it's on my plate kind of thing. And he's going to pick them and all And I'll out. pick them off at your house when you invite us over to eat. Okay? Don't get don't get upset. That's just I don't eat your onions. I don't eat her onions, okay? I don't eat onions. I eat cheeseburgers plain. Okay. No sauces, no condiments. I make sure to add bacon to my cheeseburger. Can I get an amen, somebody? So who eats their stuff simple, not picky? Uh, Kendall, Kendall Jane? Jane is picky, simple. Okay. Ezra's picky, simple. All right. And you would say Avery and Maddox eat more, more like of what? Me. More like you. Yeah. Baked beans lovers, okay. And the worst condiment, 
ketchup. ketchup. Let's talk about ketchup for a minute. Y'all get a view of our family dynamics. I hate putting ketchup on plates. I, I, it's terrible, isn't it? I just don't like ketchup. If we go out, he's like, open this ketchup packet. I can't do It's it. those packets, man. <laughs> they get on your fingers, then you smell like the thing you don't like. And Avery and Maddox is a, Maddox certainly is a ketchup lover. Ketchup lover. If he's not eating something, just put ketchup on it. It doesn't matter what it is. But there's one thing about, yes, he will sit there. You put ketchup on his plate with fish sticks or hot dog or whatever. He's going to sit there first and just spoon the ketchup with his finger. Or use it as a spoon. Yes. Use whatever he's supposed to be eating as a spoon. Yes. And so, hands out of your pants. Um, so, and one other thing that, that he learned, I would say from mom, it's a bad thing to me, but it's all, all a good thing. They will leave meat from a cheeseburger or something, the last little bit of meat, if they don't want the last bite, but make sure they, no, he will for sure. He'll make a ketchup sandwich with the last piece of bread. Anybody else do that? I see those hands. Um... <laughs> All right, and then lastly, girls, this is, this is a vulnerable one. Carrie, I'm sorry. What does Maddox do a lot? Be honest. I know. Avery, you know the answer to that. What does he do a lot walking around the house? Oh, fight? Well, he likes to fight. What, what Avery? Say it. Oh, fart. <laughs> So which one of y'all does he get that from? <laughs> All right, give it up for the Mew Crew, everybody. All right, Carrie, I'm sorry. Yes, you can put it back up. Forgive me. All right. Um, so that's a look at the Mew Crew. I want us to jump in. Um, jump into the word just for a few moments. Uh, let's see. And just look at what family is all about in scripture. Uh, let me pull this up just one moment. Amen. Amen. you have your Bibles, Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, we'll go there um, as soon as I, there we go. Mark chapter 3, I want you to answer a question for me. Who's the closest person to you that's not blood related, but you would call them family? Anybody want to say it out loud? Oh, man, I love you, Hunter. What was it? Bryce and Kirsten Anderson. All right, yeah. Diane and Paula. All right, make sure I got that right. Hunter and Cody. Those are kids to Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, Emily, is that a sister? Would that be a sister? 
What would you? What would you? Okay. Yeah. All right. Mark chapter three kind of opens this whole series about family up. Mark chapter three, verse thirty-one. Jesus is in this scenario here, and it says, "And his mother and his brothers came." And standing outside, they sent to him and called him. So Jesus is inside if his mother and brothers showed up outside. Okay, so that's the scenario. He's inside. They walk, they stand outside and call for Jesus. Okay? This could be if, if the way they call him is going to be different, whether the brothers called him or whether his mama called him, all right? You know those calls, all right? If the mama called him, you could probably hear it a couple doors down, all right? And it had a certain tone to it, you know, possibly. Um, If his brothers called him, he probably had a nickname that they called him by, okay? I don't know. That's just what brothers probably do. I have two of them older, so they had plenty of nicknames for me. And so they, they're standing outside, and they called for Jesus, and the crowd, a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, hey, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them as he taught us about family and said, who are my mother and my brothers? What? Goes on to say, And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, right here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of God is my brother and sister and mother. Wow. It's a clear representation that the gospel changes our last name. That who... That Jesus refers to these people that are around him, the one that the Father sent, that he describes them as my mother and my brothers. Hey, he, he, he didn't necessarily say that those weren't his mother and his brothers. He was just making a distinction, and one of the first distinctions we see as we follow Christ, that we are now a part of a new family. We are a part of a a bigger family. That those who do the will of the Father are now the family of God. That you, if you do the will of the Father, if you serve Jesus, follow Jesus, long for more of Jesus in your life, long to be more of Jesus in your life, all of those things, you are the very brother and sister that I've been looking for. You know these stories. You saw Najee show up uh, a couple weeks ago with his brother. He's talked about a twin brother all his life since he's been here in Wilmington with, you know, and, and I met him. I was like, man, I don't know about this twin brother you talk about. I believe you just go around to California where he supposedly lives and takes pictures of yourself and says, that's your twin brother. Or sure, I don't know where G is. Where are you at, G? I can't see. Up top, okay. Yeah. Sure enough, 
Quan showed up about two Sundays ago. And I saw two of the same person. Long lost brother that I didn't think he had. You hear these stories on, on talk shows, love them, of DNA tests and all these things, of finding out who your real family is, and wow, I can't believe it, or there ain't no way. They sit very similar to this, and one stomps off to the backstage area, and security has to stop them, and it's, it's also real, you know? And Hollywood, it's also Hollywood. But Jesus did not show favoritism to his own flesh and blood relatives just because they share something very special, a bloodline. He instead evaluated his family by how they responded to his father. Can you imagine these four kids that you saw right here? I evaluate them on on the basis of how they respond to me. Interesting. Jesus evaluated his family by how they responded to his father. If, I'm going to say Maddox, because he's, he's going to be the one to, to go a lot of places and do a lot of big things because he has no fear, and it's either going to take him to some not-so-good places or some really good places, depending on how he's mentored and how we, much we pray over him, but... Uh, and how, how good you mentor him, okay? You're, the fam- you're his family too. Um, but whenever he decides to do things in rebellion to his father, he's still my son. It did not affect the relationship. And Jesus is saying, you are the ones who do the will of the father that I call brother and sister and mother. So, so Jesus is making a distinction between bloodline. There's nothing Maddox can do at this point that can take me away. But Jesus is also saying, hey, there's some people that don't accept me as Lord and Savior. There's some people don't, don't accept me as being sent by the Father that are not my brothers and sisters. Uh-oh. But the good thing is, once they do the will of the Father and follow Jesus hard, They are just as blood-related as anybody else. Amen? Because the blood has been paid for, or the the price has been paid with the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. From Abraham and Sarah and Jacob to Peter, or, or excuse me, Abraham and Sarah and Jacob to Peter and the Apostle Paul, the Bible illustrates a change of status before God with a name change. And we should expect one too. Revelation chapter 2, verse 17 says this. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give him some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. You've been given a new name today. You've been given a new name. Just as, as Carrie took on my name when we made a a lifelong covenant with each other of marriage, God has given you a new name because of the new covenant. Jesus called one woman daughter in Scripture. The woman who had been hemorrhaging blood for 12 years. Matthew chapter 9 tells us 
a, a glimpse of this story here, and I, I just want to read two verses of it real quick, three verses maybe. Matthew chapter 9, verse 20 says this, and behold, a woman who had suffered from, from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind him and touched the fringe or the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her, he said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. Oh, just to touch Jesus. Amen? Oh, to just touch Jesus. His, his daughter that he called her by is a woman afflicted and considered ritually unclean. Just people don't want to be around her, yet she's the one pressing through the crowd. And we need to realize that it is the heart of the Father to get Jesus close enough to every one of us, every one of you, so that you can reach out and receive from him. It is the heart of the Father to call you son and daughter by getting Jesus close enough to where we can just reach out and touch him, and then he touches us in return. Amen? Just to reach out to him today, as he's passing by, press through the crowd, press beyond the funk. All week long, your pastor has been among the crowd this week. I've let personal things overwhelm me. Vans causing trouble, air conditioner at the house is out again. Getting someone out to fix that this week. Some big financial hits. Kids were on spring break trying to make sure we enjoy the week with them a little bit. Some emo big emotional and spiritual hits that are church-related. Crowded. You ever had a crowded life? You ever been crowded? And even in that, there's healing virtue on the other side of the crowd. In the middle of the crowd, there's healing virtue as well. There's hope if I just trust the will of the Father and reach out to Jesus through the crowded week I've even had as, as your pastor and, and, and as, a, as a husband, as a dad... You're, you're not exempt from crowded life where things want to bombard you, where things want to come at you from all different ways. And I, I, I relate to this woman a little bit of just, man, I know he's in the middle of the crowd somewhere. I've just got to take that bump from that person. I've got to take that bump from that situation. I've got to work through the crowd because eventually I'm going to see the one that I came to see. I'm going to see Jesus. And when I do see Jesus, all I've got to do is reach out and touch the hem of his garment. And I believe that I will be made well. Amen. If you're crowded today, Reach out and touch him and because you are sons and daughters of the Most High. The family endowment is headed your way. 
Do you believe that? Provision, benefits, we tap into when we reach out to Jesus. It's Jehovah Jireh that calls me son. So reach out today, child of God. The the gospel changes our identity from me to us, and more specifically, one another, as Romans 12 tells us multiple times. We'll we'll get to Romans 12 a little bit further in our our series, but it's the gospel talks about one another, that we are a family of God here to encourage one another, uplift one another, be for one another. And, and this, is the, this is the separation here. I can, we can spend all of this fifth Sunday serve day going and ministering to other people. And, and, but the church should be both and. We cannot forget about that. And sometimes I feel like more progressive thought and and pushback on the local churches that we're not in the community enough, it's a both and. We have to care for one another, as Romans 12 talks about. You are a brother and sister to me. And I'm the pastor but you're a brother and a sister to someone over here. You're a brother and sister to someone down here. You're a brother and sister to someone up there. And family sticks together. Family encourages one another. Family cries when someone else cries. Family rejoices when someone else rejoices. Can I tell you, when when someone's down, it affects us all. Okay? Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 John, the revelator, describes the family of God as an innumerable crowd of every tribe and language praising God. You need to know you're part of the family of God when you say yes to Jesus. The Greek word Adelphus is translated as brother or sister is used 342 times in the New Testament. 57 of those times is in the book of Acts. This historical book which chronicles the the birth of the church, the book of Acts chronicles ethnic struggle among Jewish believers. In the middle of ethnic struggles, there's brothers and sisters at play. In the middle of what what the book of Acts describes as the first multi-ethnic council, There's brothers and sisters. In the the evangelization of the Ethiopian eunuch, there's brothers and sisters at work. There's a family of God at work. The Jerusalem Council formed to respond to the surge of Gentile believers. There's brothers and sisters at work. To Paul's ministry to Gentiles, there's brothers and sisters at work in all of those instances throughout the book of Acts. So it's not a series of coincidences. It's an outworking of what occurred at Calvary. That at that moment, the family of God went from being just for the Israel, the people of Israel, to anybody who accepts him as Lord, accepts the forgiveness that, that the price was paid at the cross. We are the family of God, and, and, and that took some time. That took some effort. That took some, some, some tension that you're talking to Paul, what are you doing going to those people to tell them about Jesus? Because Jesus encountered me and I encountered Jesus. 
And I can't deny it, and I can't keep it by my, to myself. The wall that divided Jews and Gentiles in their access to God was abolished. Siblinghood is found in Galatians 3. It's an outworking of Christ's work at Calvary. So as believers, Jay, you can come. As believers, or Ben, you can come. Each of us are striving to be more like Jesus. We start to bear a resemblance, a beauty that's distinctly Christ-like. When we look at our an extended family, we see grandparents, parents, children, cousins, aunts, aunts, uncles, brothers and sisters. All these people share family jokes. All these people share holiday traditions. Man, you can't mess with a family's holiday traditions. You think... You think church traditions are bad? You tell them we're not meeting on Christmas Eve. See what happens. The world will be ablaze, okay? (laughs) Somebody will set the world on fire. Families have rites of passage. Families pass down recipes. Good cooking is passed down through families. Some of them may even share the same curly hair, the same dimples, the same stature. I pray that my kids don't have the same stature. A <laughs> little bit taller. But today, looking identical is not necessary to be part of the family. It's shared experiences of living. It's loving and remembering and celebrating, grieving, persevering together that knits a family. In the same way, believers should look related. Uh Uh-oh. As we follow Jesus together, people can't help but see a, a resemblance. Is that possible? It's okay. It's okay if people see you look like Jesus. You've got permission. Eventually, the condition of the heart will come out. It doesn't matter how much you look eventually the heart is going to show. So it starts from within, not from without. I want to make that clear. You looking like Jesus and us looking like each other because we all look like Jesus doesn't start from without. It starts from within. The gospel calls us to ask, how can I be a good family member? I want you to 
ask yourself that question rather than who is my family. I want you to ask yourself this question. How can I be a good family member? And, and a good family member has a seat at the table at those holiday traditions. You know what you want to, I want to tell you who doesn't have a seat at the table typically? Not at the same table at least. One that backstabs their own family. One that tries to always outdo to get something in return. One that like bloodline family traditions and holiday meals and stuff like that. Let's talk Thanksgiving meal. If one of your family members just acts the fool you probably still let them in, but it gets awkward, doesn't it? Right? It just gets weird. How does that translate to the world that sees the family of God? Does it look awkward and weird when we're not resembling the Father that sent the Son so that we could have an encounter with new life. And so I'm not here to tell you, don't do that, don't do this, do that, do this. I'm here to ask you, how can you be a good family member? And when your brother, Jesus, man, my older brothers, they have fixed me a million times when I was not doing the right thing. When Jesus sees us, is he going to be like, man, you know better. That's what brothers do. Will you stand with me? How could I be a good family member today? Can I challenge you on several illustrations I see in Scripture? Moses had a Jethro that called him out in the, at the camp and started speaking into his life good, good wisdom. Do you have a Jethro? David had Jonathan. People in crisis need an ally. That's a good family member. There are folks who need to be encouraged and advised to take the next step, like Barack and Deborah's relationship in Scripture. There are older people who are relationally and economically vulnerable that need relationships like Naomi and Ruth had. 
There are talented people who need the honing help of more experienced people like Apollos with Priscilla and Aquila. Spiritual friendships are underrated and incredibly valuable. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? I want to invite you this morning, one simple question to the rest of you in the room. Are you ready to join the family of God? I truly believe he is passing through this room today. And it's time for you to reach out and accept everything he's got for your life amongst the crowd, in the middle of a crowded life potentially. He wants to call you daughter. He wants to call you son. He wants you to be called brothers and sisters with the rest of the people in this room. He wants you a part of the family of God today and you're ready to reach out and touch him as he's passing through today. This is, this is that moment where you say, yes, Jesus, I accept you as Lord of my life and I accept the forgiveness that you have for my sins and I'm ready to live a life as a son and daughter of, the, of my heavenly father. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up, slip it back down. Seven people in the last two weeks have said yes to the Lord. Is there another is there another this week? You say, Pastor, I, I need to just reach out and touch Jesus. I need, I, need his, I need his life that he brings into my life today, his forgiveness. Is there one? God, I pray for the family of God today. I pray for mothers in the church to be mothers. I pray for spiritual men to stand up and be the mentors to other young men in this room. God, I pray for elders to pour into the younger generation. I pray for brothers and sisters in the faith to be concerned about brothers and sisters in the faith. I pray for moments in our future where we cry together, moments in our future where we rejoice together, moments in our future where we see the redemptive power at work together, moments in our future with one another where we see the, the hands and feet of God in Wilmington together. God, do it today. Help us be the best family member you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus, text YES to 910-537-5773. We have some tools to help you on this new journey. If you would like to know more about Second Mile Church, text CONNECT to 910-537-5773. 
Thank you for going the second mile with us. And now it's time for you to go the second mile in your life.